Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker Others, and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot, Um, and finds the net! On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Manchester City and Chelsea's hold on the Continental Cup with a terrific comeback live on TalkSport 2. Bronze is underneath it, headed away, comes out to Weir! What, what a, a goal. goal on the volley by what Caroline Weir! And what joy here for Manchester City, who are surely going to upset Chelsea in the capital. Tottenham miss a huge opportunity to go second in the Barclays FAWSL as they're held by Reading. Decent early ball in towards Neville! The goalkeeper makes a great stop. Still might go in and Woodham gets it away. While Arsenal hold on to beat Birmingham and go eight points clear at the top of the table. It's history for Viviana Miedemar. She becomes the first WSL player to have 100 goal involvements in this league. That's 70 goals and 30 assists for the Dutchwoman. We'll also be bringing you some breaking news out of Chelsea and some of the awful stories from the female footballers escaping their homeland. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, you lovely lot. Happy Monday to you. Delighted to say I've got the former Chelsea West Ham and England defender Claire Rafferty to my left. How are you doing, Raph? Hello, happy Monday. Sun is shining. It's all good. I know, it's very windy out there, though. I have no, to say. Well, well, you know. I know, just, just lowered the tone there. <laughs> I, I know. Come it on, was, Faye. It was freezing <laughs> when I walked over. Uh, however, it's lovely to see you. I was watching your animated face reporting on the uh, Arsenal game later on, which we'll, we'll go in depth with, but six goals for a Sunday. Lovely. Shocked, actually, by the end end action in that second half yeah cracking second half of football also a cracking uh football match played at plough lane home of afc wimbledon which was on saturday the home of the continental cup final it was live on talk sport here's how it sounded the dark blue flags of chelsea the sky blue of manchester city three times winners of the continental cup city start tonight as underdogs but as the boss gareth taylor said earlier this week the only finals you remember are the ones you win 
now right in the crossing position. High left footed, goalkeeper comes out, only half gets there, Kerr shoots and Kerr scores! And Chelsea are in front in the Continental Cup final! Here's Stanway for Manchester City, racing up to the corner of the penalty area, putting it back across and here is Weir with the opportunity! And Weir has scored! And Manchester City are level! Hemp inside the penalty area, angles tight, she goes for it, goalkeeper spills it and Ellen White has tucked it in! And would you believe it? Manchester City lead in the League Cup final. They've come from behind. And Manchester City lead by two goals to one. Stanway will take the corner. It'll be a right-footed, driven delivery. High towards the far post. Bronze is underneath it. Headed away. Comes out to Weir. What, what a goal. goal on the volley by what Caroline Weir. It is one of the great League Cup final goals. And what joy here for Manchester City, who are surely it is some turnaround at Plough Lane for Manchester City and it's fairy tale stuff for Caroline Weir. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. You've got to give credit where credit's due. Manchester City this second half definitely deserved this um, trophy, definitely. And it's fantastic because Gareth Taylor, I said, I questioned him being in charge of Manchester City. I think this is definitely, I'm not saying it's a safety's job, but at the same time, like, I think these are the type of things you need to do. You need to beat the top teams. And that's what the cup finals are all about. I mean, they sit in fifth place in the league, but cup final day, that goes out the window. Ellen White will lift that trophy high up into the dark night sky. Manchester City, as the champagne goes off, the plumes of flame leap up into the air. Manchester City are the Continental Cup winners for 2022. So congratulations to Manchester City beating Chelsea for the first time since April 2019 when Nick Cushing's side were 1-0 winners in an FA Cup semi-final. So this is a first win in 10 meetings and a first victory for Gareth Taylor as well, Raf. An unbelievable City comeback after going a goal down. Yeah, and you know, in that first half, I didn't expect it, actually. I think Chelsea dominated that midfield area of the pitch. And you know what? I didn't realise that, actually, Chelsea and Man City had never um, played each other in a final. No, I know. Um, I think, obviously, prior was all semi-final clashes. But, yeah, um, City deserved winners in the end, scoring the three goals in that second half. I thought Alex Greenwood's performance was fantastic. Mm. Um, and, there, well, to be honest, when Sam Kerr scored, I thought it was going to be written in the stars for Chelsea to win the third League, sorry for Emma, Emma. Is Emma Hayes to win it or Chelsea in general to win the first league? Sorry, the third league. Third in a row. Yeah, third yeah. in a row. Um, but it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. It wasn't. And, and actually, it did look as if things were going against City, didn't they? Really should have had a penalty a few minutes before yeah. Sam Kerr uh, gave Chelsea the lead in the 34th minute. Demi Stokes shot blocked by Sophie Ingalls' hands. I mean, it was blatant, I thought. Yeah, it really was. Lisa Ben's going to be really disappointed with herself for that one, the referee. Um, I, I saw tweets from producer Flo, who was at the game. Everybody yeah. on social media. Up for all. Uh, p- piling in. Uh, it's key those that you can't make mistakes like that in a final you, you can't and I, I think it was even it was clear because she went with her hands as well didn't she when mm. she was blocking I think the first attempt when it hit the hit the uh, post uh, was was a luck Chelsea were riding their luck weren't they um, mm. and then to get away with that penalty um, but yeah I think the referee will have reviewed that and know, known she's got it wrong yeah definitely luckily didn't affect the result because that would have been the worst thing 
possible, wouldn't it, if it had actually uh, had an effect in the end. It, it did look like Chelsea were going to run away with it. They dominated the first half, completely looked in control, but it was a real collapse almost in, in the second half. They looked really tired. Yeah, and you know, I spoke to Millie Bright after the game and she was saying that they, they just lacked the control. There mm. was no fluidity to um, any of the possession. Um, that, you know, it, it was when they were getting to that final third, it was just quite rushed and just looked a bit disjointed. Um, and I think City grew into the game and and I think, you know, Kira Walsh in that midfield really dictated the play for them. Yeah, she did. And Caroline Weir, of course, oh, good, doing yeah. just Amazing. what Caroline Amazing Weir manages play. to do, player of the match. As soon as she she popped up, I thought, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, on, she, we on, go. on she comes as a sub <laughs> and on she comes to dominate the game. She got the equaliser uh, early on. Ellen White then scored the second. Um, that third goal from Caroline Weir, though, we, we were talking about it on the Sunday session on Talk Sport. It was one of our goals of the weekend. I was listening to that. It yeah. was, I was cracking. I sort of heard that come through. I thought, Go on, go on the WSL. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the uh, the her technique to to turn it into the back of the net. It looked like she was almost um, leaning back a little bit. Yeah, she, fact, did, the she way looked off balance, yeah, well, The way it felt her. Um, I know Perry was describing it very well. Actually, I could I could picture it as he was. Um, but yeah, her technique with her left foot. As soon as she gets in them areas, she knows exactly where the goal is, doesn't she? And she's always so calm. Um, there's no, there's no, no rush or rash reaction to mm. when the ball drops to her, and yeah, I mean, I think she was fantastic. Yeah, she really was. First goal was great as well. Of course, ball in from Georgia Stanway, and then Ellen White's uh, second for City. Ellen White's first, City's second, of course. Just just nine minutes after Caroline Weir had, had equalised. Um, poor goalkeeping, unfortunately, yeah. from Anne Katrinberger. I think all game actually was a bit shaky. Some of the kicking wasn't great. Um, which set the tone for Chelsea, but Ellen White just you know, hogging that you know that six yard box. She was, she was a threat in between. Um, I think there was a bit of miscommunication. It looked like, mm. um, but you know you, you don't give Ellen White space like that in the box, and she was first to it. Absolute predator, isn't she? In that she, box. Re- she really <laughs> is. She really is. And it, it was all done in front of a, a Conti Cup final record crowd, just over eight thousand, eight thousand and four. If you want to be really specific about <laughs> it, those extra four mean everything. Everything. Um, why don't we hear from the players and the managers? Because producer Flo was there for, for Talk Sport, as I said, and she was speaking to, to all the protagonists afterwards. Let's hear from Manchester City's Gareth Taylor. He said um, what he told his side to change at half time. The issues that we were having, we we're having a bit of issues with our build up play. We tweaked a few things, but the biggest thing we spoke about was that we were just getting a little bit caught in between playing out, playing long, and not getting either of them right. So, um, Spoke to the players a little bit more about belief at half-time and faith and have faith in what we do. I have to say, I was blown away by what they did in the second half. They were amazing physically, technically, tactically. I just thought, outstanding, so good. And what, what were the particular tweaks that you spoke of? What were the specific things that you said, right, you know, do this now in the second well, half? Without going into too much detail, it was <laughs> adjusting George's position a little bit, making Lucy uh, go inside a little bit on goal kicks. But, you know, I think that was I think that was obviously important, but I, I just think, like, the mentality of the players in the second half, and, you know, we've had tough moments this season, and Chelsea have had the edge over us. There's no doubt about that previously. So to go out and do what we did in that second half, just, it's massive what it gives us going forward. It's huge. Yeah, I was going to say, it felt like maybe for your players it, it was sweeter because of the run that Chelsea have been on against you. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like emotionally and in terms of the celebration it was bigger because it was against Chelsea yeah of course of course I mean like winning a trophy is great no matter who it's against but 
we've had to we've had to do it the hard way. You know, sometimes it, you you get an easier route. We were in a five five team group. You know, we had decent opponents in the quarterfinals and the semi-finals, and we've had the t usually you get your tougher games in the semi-finals, and the final can be a bit easier. But uh, this wasn't the case. Manchester City boss Gareth Taylor there delighted with his side's victory and it can possibly give them a bit of momentum in the league, Claire. Yeah, I, I think, as, as he mentioned, they've had, they did have a difficult start to the season, um, but they've grown. I think ever since that, that home game for Chelsea where City which, where Chelsea won 1-0, but C City were re-galvanised from, from that. They... Um, is that even a word? Regalvanised. Mm, Galvanised. Yeah, Galvanised. That's the one. <laughs> um, you know, they, they were they were more themselves. They had their identity back, um, and he did touch on the belief there. And, and I think that's what was lacking in, in the first half of the season. Second half, they really pushed on, and, and I think I think they are knocking on the door, aren't they, for that third? I don't know if if they've got enough um, to get that Champions League spot, but. I think Man United are going to be the ones taking their claim for that. Oh, we'll be talking about that very shortly. I think you were going for re-energised. That's it, it. re-energised. Yeah, that I knew, it. I knew yeah, what re, you meant. Yeah, don't you worry, I knew don't what you worry. meant. Let's hear from the player of the match, shall we, Caroline Weir. She told producer Flo the win was a whole team effort. You know, we had all the injured players travel with us um, and there's quite a few of them still. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great couple of days and obviously... You know, winning the trophy, a bit of silverware at this point of the season is massive for um, momentum, and, and hopefully we can push on from here and and go for the FA Cup and keep pushing in the league as well. For the remainder of the season, do you feel like people are going to stand up and take notice of City a little bit more, having perhaps at one point been out of the title race? Now this is a real marker for you guys. Yeah, I think so. I think we always knew that we could turn things around. Um, you know, we did struggle at the start of the season, but we we knew we had a lot of games still to play and players to come back fit and. You know, we've got the bulk of our team back playing well and, and finding some consistency. So, yeah, we always back ourselves and we know we've got a couple of points to make up in the league, but still a lot of games to play. So, yeah, we're confident that we can we can finish the season strongly. I've got to ask about the nails as well. They look amazing. <laughs> Is that going to be now your lucky colour, pink? Or? You, should, you know what? It might be because I scored a few goals with these nails. So, um yeah, I've, I've got a point, an appointment in a couple of weeks, so we might keep the same colour, but, yeah, I'll always, always have my nails done. Producer Flo speaking to Player of the Match, Caroline. We're always asking the intent questions. You love a nail question, Flo. I looked at my nails in her estate. I was like, oh, I've no. just had mine done for the award <laughs> ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got you got to get the you got to get the inside inside scoop on the nails sometimes because it's it's radio. You know, everyone's got to know exactly what was going on yeah, there. And they wouldn't have seen it. Visualization. I spent the majority <laughs> of my time in France, 2019, speaking to Alex Greenwood about her nails she's because the queen she's of glam. amazing. She is the, she's the, like she sets the mark that everyone else has to follow. She was basically <laughs> speaking to all the Leon girls to find out exactly where the best you know, um, uh, false eyelash yeah. places and nail places were. When we were in the World Cup in 2015, I remember there's a few of us trying to seek out eyelash extensions and professionals. Whilst, How did whilst it go? We was were. it tough? I mean, I think Toronto was the best spot, yeah, right? In okay. the, you know, pre-tournament. It's too much effort for me. Yeah. I just can't be bothered with stuff like that. Isn't that dreadful? I think that's why I love it, because I don't do it, so no. I find it really fascinating <laughs> when people are so into it. Anyway, back to the football. Back to the football, yeah, most importantly. Uh, Ellen White, who is never bothered about her, about her nails, for sure, uh, lifted the trophy as captain. She said she was proud of her teammates and how they managed to complete that turnaround. I think we all knew what we needed to change second half. And, yeah, um, yeah I thought it was a complete turnaround for us. And it shows, you know, how, how talented this team is and, and how well, when we get our groove, um, you know, we're unstoppable, really. And uh, we've got 
a very good player in Caroline Weir to score some very good goals as well. But collectively, as a whole team, I'm super proud. Getting to celebrate your goal in the City End with the City fans, did it feel even more special because it's against Chelsea, a team that you, you guys have struggled against recently, but it's a cup final and you're beating one of your biggest rivals. It's always really special to score for City. Um, obviously, yes, to score in a cup final in front of your, your fans is, is great as well. But um, do you know what? We're, we're so proud of the fans that turned out today and we wanted to make them proud. We wanted this win for them and our friends and family in the club and ourselves. So, um, yeah, we're super proud. And obviously to do it in front of the City fans as well was amazing. That was uh, Ellen White, of course, on the score sheet and captain uh, for the day. Really lovely moment, actually, as she took the trophy over in front of all the the, the hoardings that, that, that they were planning to celebrate in front of. And there was waiting Steph Horton in her protective boot and her... Uh, crutches a short I know it was bravery but that, was a lovely, that was a lovely touch it, it was really nice to see was Steph it really was bless her she was hopping like, yeah. trying to hold the trophy it was um, amazing core strength there uh, right let's hear from uh, the Chelsea players and first of all Chelsea manager Emma Hayes shall we because she told TalkSport tiredness and the absence of key players were the undoing of her team your team had a command of that first half what changed in the second half that's a good question I think um my personal opinion was we didn't keep the football well enough. And I thought we looked tired in the second half. And when we scored the goal in, in the counter, and while I thought we did most things well in the press, I think it took a lot out of us. Second half, I thought we really missed some players today. I thought we lacked experience. The, the game got quite stretched. Once they got the equaliser with, with us down to 10 players, the momentum shifted. And the game went from there. Yeah, it definitely seemed like some tired yeah. legs. Is that lack of depth in the squad? You've got injury, you've got illness. What do you think Who that's knows? come from? Who knows? You never know. You know, sometimes conceding goals drains your legs. And like I said, I felt, I really felt we missed the legs of Jesse Fleming, Aaron Cuthbert, Frank Kirby, Melly Leopold, Magda Eriksson, Maren Mielder. There's still a, quite a number of young players down out there. And I thought... It was Man City's day and second half, over 90 minutes, the better team won the game. Chelsea boss Emma Hayes there, clearly disappointed, but um, always graceful in defeat, isn't she? Uh, Chelsea captain Millie Bright also spoke to Talk Sport, saying she tried to motivate her team, but it was difficult to get back into the game once City took control. I think just, just, just doing the right things, and even though you know it's easier said than done when you're 3-1 down, but... To a certain extent, you've got to stick to the game plan. So it was just about trying to get the momentum back in our favour. I think when it gets to 70, 80 minutes, you've got to take risks. You know, we need goals. So we were just trying to keep everyone positive. You know, we're not a team that give in. Um, so, yeah, I was just trying to motivate everyone to, to keep going, really. And I know your manager said that there was some tiredness there. Were you feeling that as a player today? Did you feel quite tired? Um, I felt fine in myself, but I, I agree. I thought the team started to look a little bit um, leggy around 70 minutes. And obviously, again, when you're chasing a game, that's very difficult. Um, I think mentally you get tired as well. So, you know, with that and the physical side, it obviously didn't play in our favour. You've been on such a good run, FA Cup win, back-to-back Conti Cup wins up until now, league wins as well. Are you still feeling like you'll bounce back from this pretty quickly? Yeah, 100%. We've been in this position before. We don't want to be in this position uh, many times. So, yeah, for us, you know, we just have to keep moving forward and one game doesn't define your season. So for us, um, yeah, we just bounce back. That's so true. One game doesn't define a season, but I know Chelsea will be hurting. That was captain Millie Bright there. Uh, they're born winners, that team. So, you know, to, to, 
to have defeat and in that manner as well they'll be really disappointed but they had some amazing news actually when they came into to training um, this week because we've had uh, some breaking news from Chelsea into us here on Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 on Melanie Leopold so Chelsea women's midfielder Melanie Leopold has announced the happy news of her pregnancy to staff and teammates at the club she's been with the club for two years the club say she will continue to be supported by their medical staff in the coming months as she continues light training. However, she won't be featuring in fixtures for the rest of the season as she prepares for her new arrival. They say, we look forward to welcoming Melanie back following her maternity leave and we're excited to welcome a new addition to the Blues family. Your reaction to that, Claire oh, I mean, it's lovely news, isn't it? And I'm sure she'll have the full support of Chelsea um, and she'll be in the best hands. And yeah, just lovely, lovely news for her and her family. Absolutely, and really important. We we spoke about this on Women's Football Weekly just a few weeks ago that the Football Association and uh, Professional Footballers Association have revealed the details of a landmark agreement which was reached on the inclusion of a comprehensive family leave policy which covers maternity rights, improved illness and injury rights as well and of course changes to the termination period in standard contracts for WSL and championship players and that's really key and of course she's in the best possible club really for, for support like this because Emma Hayes has her little boy Harry, Tanya your Oxterby, of course, has Albie, so they'll know exactly what what Melanie's going to need when her baby arrives. Um, yeah, obviously, the likes of Kate Chapman, who's um, who came back after having um, her three babies, um, and yeah, I, I think the experience that Emma and Tanya can can install in her, and, and I think just looking after the body, the the, the medical mm. team as well, um, phasing back into play protection, just making sure she's in the best um, physical and mental health post um, giving birth. So yeah, I abs- wish her all the, all the best. Yeah, congratulations uh, Melanie for sure and uh, as a mum of a baby of five months old I can tell yeah. you that, that getting that back into exercise, <laughs> I've just come back from the gym oh, well ouch, let's just well say done. that uh, you're listening to Women's Foot Weekly on Talk Sport 2, I'm Faker Others, former England defender Claire Rafferty is with me. Uh, coming up we're going to chat through the weekend's WSL action this is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers, former Chelsea defender Claire Rafferty is with me as well. Don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the Talk Sport app, so you just need to go and download it today. Right, the Barclays FAWSL results from the weekend. Let's kick off with Manchester United, shall we? 4 0 winners over Leicester City. Uh, two Olympicos goals direct from a corner for Katie Zellum in this her third in two games as well two goals coming in four second half minutes two they were two nil up by that point thanks to goals from Martha Thomas and Alessia Russo as well it was a bit of a rout raff yeah I, I mean I think after the two derby losses that United have um, faced against City the the bounce back that they showed uh, was great I think the belief actually um, in 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 Zellum, actually, I think she has hmm. come under a bit of criticism um, in the past. But I think you know, if you could score a goal from a corner, it's always good to have, isn't it, in, in your team? Um, I, I think United battling for that third place um, it gives them extra energy and extra drive to 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 win these against these teams that who are around them. And yeah, that the bounce back from the derby losses is, is good to see and it's great for the competition in the WSL. Yeah, it really is. They're still a point behind Chelsea, but of course Chelsea have two games in hand over them. They're level on 28 points uh, with Tottenham, who we will discuss uh, n- um, shortly. 
Let's go for Arsenal, though. Top of the table. Eight points clear now after a 4-2 win over Birmingham City. Producer Flo was at this one. It was a crazy old game. And at, at one point, really did think that Birmingham were going to cause an upset again. Yeah, it was bizarre. I know Raf was watching this at home as well, covering it. And it was just a bizarre game because Arsenal cruised through. It looked like they were going to be, you know, heading with heading to three points with absolutely no trouble. And then out of nowhere, they kind of fell asleep. I think they made three yeah, subs, three didn't subs, they? Totally it the completely changed the dynamic of the game and, and they looked rattled actually for the last 10 and then Caitlin Ford managed to get a goal back to kind of make things safe again but they just looked really poor from set pieces Rafaela Souza, who got her first Arsenal goal yesterday she she looks quite weak when she, she got her back towards yeah, goal and she's receiving she's the ball to turn and yeah. run. I mean she I think she she is a bit of a weak link there but I think she did show promise with the ball um, it's just when she has her back back to goal and I think did you see the uh, that goal when it was from the, uh, an actual Arsenal throw yeah, in the right yeah, corner it yeah. was just they totally switched off mm. I think that he did make a lot of changes they were very comfortable so I'm just going to put it down to a lack of concentration on their behalf yeah because they were 3-0 up um, through Rafaela Souza as you said Viviane Miedemar will get to her in a second and Beth Mead as well but Libby Smith and Lucy Quinn made it squeaky bum time for the last 10 minutes from an Arsenal point of view until Caitlin Ford added Arsenal's fourth in stoppage time Time. Um, but Vivian Miedemar, the first WSL player to hit 100 goal involvement, 70 goals, 30 assists, crazy. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And she she's playing in a different role. We yeah. talked about this earlier, Raf. She's playing in a, a deeper role at the moment in order to accommodate Blackstenius. And I think a lot of people were wondering how that partnership was going to go. One of them were going to have to sit out. But actually, as a duo, they're looking sensational at the moment. I was at the game on Wednesday night as well, in which they tore apart Reading. And as a combination, they look so good. They have a really good understanding of each other, even though they've only played together for you know a couple of months. So actually, I think the jury's out on whether or not Miedemar will be staying at Arsenal. But certainly for the remainder, of the season it looks like she's going to be hitting her stride at the right time yeah so many different records yesterday Jordan Nobbs making her 250th appearance for Arsenal coming on as a substitute Beth Mead getting her 50th Arsenal goal as well um moving on to Reading's match against Tottenham it finished Reading nil Tottenham nil I'm not quite sure how it finished nil nil to be honest but Manchester United will be delighted that it did because Tottenham had the chance to move in uh, to the top three spots if they'd have had victory they'll be really disappointed in fact Rianne Skinner uh, the Tottenham boss was very disappointed with that and thought it was uh, two points drop for sure um, in fact they missed the chance to go second because they'd have replaced yeah. Chelsea wouldn't they um, they had the best chance of the game Ashley Neville who was named February's player She's of the been month fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching her actually. She's, She's superb yeah. playing the um, higher role as well I think it really suits her Reading boss Kelly Chambers actually said after the match I think we could have you know carried on playing for yeah. another 90 minutes <laughs> And maybe it the was rest a bit of the of day. Stamina. It was a bit. Of, it was one of them games where they just cancelled each other out. Um, but definitely a missed opportunity for Tottenham. Uh, I just, I'm just really actually enjoying watching them. They seem like they just all seem just like a good, nice, happy place to be, doesn't it? Tottenham at the moment, they're all getting on well. They're all uh, really aligned and know their roles like inside out. And I, I think, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's unfortunate for them because I'd like to see them in that third spot. Yeah, because I don't think at the beginning of the season anybody would have given them a chance no. to, to, to be in that third spot, but it would be fantastic. And what a first full season in charge for Rianne Skinner that would be. Uh, Kelly Chambers will be pleased, though. Her Reading side move up to sixth after ending a run of three successive defeats in all competitions. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion, we've spoken about a lot on this pod and, and, and the tough season they've had, but they will have been delighted uh, with a 1-0 win over Aston Villa. Maya 
Letizia's first half goal giving Brighton a second successive win. Hope Powell be delighted with that. Her side had climbed above Reading into sixth before, of course, uh, Reading's goalless draw with Tottenham. They go back uh, into sixth there. But Villa's home form, Raf, I think they need to be grateful, really, that Birmingham is so dreadful this season. Yeah, I think that's the tenth in a row that they, they've lost at home. They've been right in saying all competitions. So, it's yeah, it's not looking good for them at the moment. I think um, Alicia Lehman having played with her at West Ham, I don't think they're getting the best out of her. They're mm. not really um, getting her on the ball and, and, and releasing her in them wide areas like we know she's good at. But, um, yeah, it's a bit worrying, isn't it, for them? I think they are, as you said quite fortunate that Birmingham are struggling as they are. Yeah, especially when you think about next season when the league is just going to get stronger and stronger. They're just two points above Everton in ninth place, having played two games more. Uh, right, let's look ahead to this weekend's WSL action with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 Search Now Sports 18+. plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. So, Raf, before the weekend action, it's West Ham Chelsea on Thursday, a seven forty-five kickoff. Chelsea are going to want to b- bounce back from that Conti Cup defeat. Yeah, they need a reaction. They need to win as well. The eight points um, behind Arsenal now. They need to be winning every single game, and they need to be getting performances in first and foremost. So I think you're getting back on that pitch, believing again, and actually just not dwelling on on that game too much. Unfortunately, the, the turnaround's quite quick. They've got a quite busy month. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to have to put it behind them. But quickly, hopefully we'll see some of them injuries and then players who are injured return. Yeah, that would be really important for Emma Hayes' side. Manchester United looking to cement that third spot. They go to Reading Saturday at 11.30 and then Brighton will play Arsenal, who of course looking to extend their lead even further at the top of the table. That's a Sunday 6.45 kickoff. How do you see that going? Oh, you know, having watched Arsenal yesterday, they, they are just a little bit dodgy at the back. So um, I, I actually think Brighton could get something from that game, uh, especially because they're, they're so much in the, in the lead with their main points. You can start to take your foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and, and I think with the form that Brighton have hit with them two consecutive wins, um, I think they will believe they can get something. Yeah. I'm actually going to call that a draw, you know. Nice. OK, we'll see whether you're right come Monday. Uh, don't forget, with the Nail Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including West Ham, Chelsea, Reading, Manchester United and Brighton Arsenal live this week on Sky Sports without a contract. All you need to do is go and search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 Search Now Sports 18 plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others with Claire Rafferty. Next, we're going to speak to the Athletics' Adam Crafton and hear the harrowing stories of female footballers and coaches who've been fleeing the war in Ukraine. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Ruthers, and former England defender Claire Rafferty. Uh, now, it won't have escaped any of you, the horror stories coming out of Ukraine after Russia's invasion of the country just under a week ago now. Let's speak to Adam Crafton from The Athletic because Adam's written a really harrowing piece talking about the stories of female footballers fleeing from Ukraine. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good, thank you. I read the piece. You can't help but but read it and feel sick with some of the stories that are coming out of of Ukraine at the moment. Tell us what you've been hearing from people. Yeah, so I suppose over the last week or so, I've been in contact with players both in men's football and women's football um, from Ukraine. Um, and look, I mean, it's it's exactly as everyone would have been seeing on the news reports, um, families being split up, um, children being separated from their fathers who are staying behind, um, desperate attempts to travel across cities to be with family. Um, It's really difficult. I mean, just in the example of the Ukrainian women's national team, they actually had a training camp in Turkey um, on the Wednesday. Uh, They returned. Well, the plan was that they would return to wherever they're playing. So I think around half the team returned to Kiev, uh, the capital of Ukraine, on the Wednesday before the war started. Um, and other players went, you know, flew around Europe because they may play in Denmark or Germany or England or different parts, different parts of the world, as, you, as you'd expect. Um, what happened was those who returned to Kiev on the Wednesday night stayed in Kiev. And then on Thursday morning, the, the shelling started, the bombing started. Um, in different parts of Ukraine. And, and that meant, in some cases, very, very difficult um, escape expeditions. For example, that you know, the two coaches who coach the women's national team of Ukraine, one is Spanish, another one is Andorran. They had a sort of 21-hour journey mm. to get out of Ukraine, to get over the border. But then you also had players that were, you know, attempting to get back to their families, sleeping in bus shelters, in bomb shelters, for several nights attempting to do so. I mean, it, it, it really has been as it's being shown to us. You know, if you're watching BBC, Sky News, listening to talk radio, news bulletins, it's all that. It is the reality. 
yeah, it's absolutely horrendous and the stories coming out are, are, are harrowing for sure. I mean, obviously within the Premier League here uh, in the UK, we've seen Alexander Zinchenko, who plays for Manchester City, that emotional embrace he had with um, uh, Vitaly Mikolenko of, of Everton. Anybody watching that, I mean, it's so difficult to be seeing this happen to your to your home country. And of course, Nicole Kozlova, who's a Ukrainian international as well, has, has put out a tweet herself. It's wrong. It's wrong that I get to play while my teammates are hiding in their own country, scared for their life, football not even crossing their minds. Today I played for them. Today I played for each Ukrainian who left their loved ones to defend our country and our land. She plies her trade in Denmark and these stories are being heard across football, aren't they? They are, and I actually I spoke to Nicole um, late last week, and she, I mean, honestly, I mean, some of the some of the things she was saying, she said, you know, friends are sending her videos of, of, of bombings taking place outside of their windows. You know, she was requesting, you know, she said, I want the support that we're seeing for Ukraine at the moment to go beyond just one game or two games, as we've already seen. She's asked for, you know, donations to assist the humanitarian crisis, whether that's um, you know, there's different ways that people are able to contribute, whether that's sending things like backpacks or hiking boots or socks, which can help um, those who are enlisting to become part of part of the army fighting the invasion. But also the many refugees, over 1.5 million Ukrainians have now gone over the border into different countries. I mean, that is, you know, just to give you an idea in football terms, if you were to combine the stadium capacities of every Premier League club, Twickenham, Wembley, Hampden Park, the Principality Stadium, Aviva Stadium, Ibrox and Celtic Park, fill all those stadiums, it's still more people than that that wow. have left Ukraine. I mean, that is that is the scale of, of what is happening. I mean, Nicole was fascinating because she was saying, I mean, she's obviously having to watch from her distance. Her grandparents are still in Dnipro, um, which is a city in Ukraine. Um, by chance, her parents actually didn't go back from the Turkish training camp because their flight was delayed. So it was a twist of fate that meant her parents didn't go back into Ukraine at that point. Um, but she said she was watching video footage during those days, and there was some video footage, which was extraordinary. Uh, women sat in a square in Ukraine making their own homemade Molotov cocktails, with which they would then try and attack any Russians who came close to them. And she said she was watching, and this woman came on screen who only three months ago, Nicole, had been in her living room playing board games around Christmas with. And she said, you know, if that was me, if I was in Ukraine right now, that would be me. And, and that really is the reality. Whatever privilege or talent may be in your boots or your brain, everyone's privilege has just been stripped away. And just the sheer mortality um, of what's happening at the moment is just utterly remarkable. How important is it that the likes of UEFA and other football associations actually try and find uh, uh, these players a new life within football? Yeah, um, I think at the moment, you know, for example, I spoke to a couple of the, the men's players at Shakhtar Donetsk and you know, their WhatsApp group at the moment isn't really talking about football. It's, do you need to talk to me because, you know, because you might have lost family members or you might have, uh, someone might be injured or do you, do, do you need spare nappies? Do you need... Um, sanitary products for, for women that, that's the kind of conversation that's taking place at the moment and a lot of them are, are discussing enlisting and that's just on the men's side I think on the women's side I think the instruction at the moment is that it's 
you know, men aged 18 to 60 are being asked to stay. But, you know, what you're seeing, and I'm just here going off the news reports that I've seen, is a lot of women want to, even Ukrainian women who are living outside of the country have been traveling back to the country because they, they feel such pride and such responsibility for, for their nation that they want to go and be part of that fight. And look, I mean, from a distance, you look at that and you're, th- you're thinking, oh, God, like, do they know what they're going into? Um, but that is the sentiment. I mean, in terms of UEFA and FIFA, I mean, I just read today in the New York Times um, that, that there seems to be some kind of motion that will mean even players who have been playing in Russia would be able to actually move to play for on a short-term basis to play in other countries. Mm. Um, so I'm sure the same possibilities may be made possible for those who play who would have been playing in Ukraine. But I think there's also this real sense of Solidarity. I mean, so if you take, for example, the men's players that were at Shakhtar Donetsk, where there's a big Brazilian and Italian contingent within the playing and coaching staff, actually the Ukrainian league was not cancelled until the invasion started. And there was this big sort of discussion in the week leading up because, let's be honest, the Western intelligence had predicted mm. this invasion. So it wasn't, wasn't, it was a shock, but it wasn't a shock. And there's been a discussion around, you know, should this league be cancelled earlier, get people out of the country? And the Brazilians and Italians, they stayed there till the end with their teammates until they really had to get out of the country uh, for their own safety when the bombing and the shelling started. So I'm not sure even if all these players will necessarily want to cut ties with Ukrainian clubs. But clearly, you know, if this, as it looks like it will, goes beyond a few weeks, a few months, they've, you know, they've got careers to think about. Um, and particularly those who aren't Ukrainian, yeah, absolutely, they're entitled to get on with their careers. Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? That, that there's more important things than football going on, that that is for sure. Thank you so much, Adam. That's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And lovely to have you on, Adam Crafton there from The Athletic. And, you know, what Nicole was saying in terms of her Ukraine international teammates, some of them were still in Turkey after their training camp and, and wanted to go home and just weren't able to and be, being told by their families not to come home because it was such a, a dangerous situation. Uh, we'll, of course, keep you up to date with everything going on. Uh, and you can listen to our sister station. Um, and you can listen to our sister station, uh, Talk Radio as well, or Times Radio, of course, to, to get all your updates on what's going on over in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others with Claire Rafferty. Next, we're going to hear from Manchester City's young talent, Jess Park. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faye Carruthers, and World Cup bronze medalist Claire Rafferty. Now then, plenty of interesting championship results at the weekend. Sheffield United, uh, 4-0 winners away at Watford. TalkSport's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk on the score sheet there. Blackburn 1, Durham 2 was how it finished. Durham continue uh, to push their way up the table. Lewis uh, FC, another defeat for them, 3-0 against Bristol City who are second in the table it was a one-all draw for Liverpool who'd gone ahead but London City equalised uh, Crystal Palace nil Coventry United one and Sunderland two Charlton nil completes all the championship results for you uh, now Bradley Hayden recently sat down with one of the WSL's brightest young talents Manchester City's Jess Park he spoke to her about her development this season and the influence of young players such as Lauren Hemp and Georgia Stanway on her game there's a there's a way to go and there's a lot more more to come and obviously I'll work in uh, work in training day in day out work hard 
do whatever I can uh, to produce that on the field. I mean, as a young player, it can be a little bit daunting sometimes stepping into that, that first team environment. I mean, for you, how, how, did, you, how did you find that? Um, I saw it as a challenge uh, and it really, like, spurred me to, like, you know, work hard and do the um, do everything right that I could, you know, to get myself into a position where I am kind of now. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of saw it as a challenge and, you know, a brilliant opportunity. I mean, when going into that environment, what, what sort of players helped you to, to settle in? I think, you know, obviously some of the younger ones that um, were kind of had already done that um, definitely helped me a lot, you know, like Lauren Hemp. Um, she definitely helped me settle in, Esme Morgan. Um, and I think some of the bigger players like Alex Greenwood, for example, she's kind of been there for me, um, like on and off the field, you know, to like just help me get to get to the best that I can be as a person and a player. How key is that as well, having those people around you as to say to, to help keep you grounded and, and sort of help you as, as a person and a player? Yeah, I think it's it's really, really like helpful and it's needed as well. Like I think, you know, it's it's a big step and it's like hard to kind of reach the standards and without that sort of help around you and support, um, I might not be where I've got to right now. You mentioned Lauren in that answer there, Lauren Hemp, and she obviously plays in a similar position to you. I mean, how much is working with, with Lauren? And, and maybe people sort of like Ellen White and, and Georgia Stanway helped you in terms of your development as well. Yeah, no, it's helped massively. I think I, I, um, I talk to Lauren a lot about things that she does and what helps her in the position because it's just flipped the other way around on my side. Um, and I try and use that in my game. Um, you know, playing with Ellen is a massive help. She's got so much experience. Um, so, like, she she will make the run. Like, so I just need to play the ball. And I think stuff like that, having them conversations really do help. And that experience around you on the field does does really help. Do you have to pinch yourself now, the company that, that you're keeping with and training with on a, on a daily basis? What did you say? Sorry. Do, do, you have to, do you have to pinch yourself now at sort of the company that you keep in and the players that you, you're training with on, on a daily basis? Yes. I mean, sometimes it's a bit surreal, but then it's like, I mean, they're my teammates now, they're my friends and I want to help them and they want to help me. Lovely interview there from Jess Park. I'm sure we're going to hear some really special things from her in the future. Uh, Raph, it's been a pleasure as always. I will see you soon, no doubt. Uh, thank you very much to Claire Rafferty, Adam Craft, and Jess Park, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 